Sometimes stillness is in order, and so I lie down on the damp moss and listen to the sage advice of the forest. Sometimes the wisest words are those not spoken. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. After the especially dry spring and early summer we had, it has been such a pleasure to walk silently in the fog-draped spruces across the spongy forest floor looking for mushrooms. The diverse shapes, textures, and colors of mushrooms never cease to amaze me. Black, velvety earth tongues stood two inches high from a clump of sphagnum moss. White patches adorned the top of a yellow amanita. Waxy red mushrooms embellished the hair-capped moss. What I was really looking for were edible black trumpets, or chanterelles, but the beauty of so many other species filled me up nonetheless. With so many charismatic mushrooms popping up all over the place, it can be easy to miss a choice edible mushroom that is often hiding under a slightly raised roof of duff, almost impossible to see from directly above at first, the lobster mushroom. Lobster mushrooms are quite easy to identify and notice once they've popped up out of the ground, but I do love finding them just before they've made themselves obvious and would argue they're most delicious in that stage. Look for an orange, chunky, irregularly shaped mushroom with a rough, dry texture. The rough texture in the right light can almost look like glitter. When sliced, the interior is white. This combination of being irregularly shaped with a white interior and unique rough exterior are clues about the weirdness of this particular fungus. Calling a lobster mushroom a mushroom is a little questionable. A lobster mushroom in the genus Hypomyces is actually a mold that parasitizes mushrooms in the genera Rushula or Lactarius. The rough orange exterior is evidence of the mold that has parasitized that other species with a white interior and shaped it into something that does not at all look like a typical mushroom. It reminds me of what a toddler might do to Play-Doh that started out looking like a classic toadstool. This combination of this parasitic mold plus a rushula or lactarius equals the lobster mushroom, quite a unique organism. This bizarre transformation makes the formerly inedible rushula or lactarius species edible and a choice edible at that. The lobster name comes not only from the red-orange color this fungus shares with a cooked lobster, but also from a hint of mild shellfish flavor that comes through especially after drying. I like sautéing fresh lobster mushrooms in butter or olive oil, incorporating them into a risotto, or drying them and later adding to soups, but there are endless recipes for this unique wild mushroom online and in cookbooks to explore. Another use of the lobster mushroom is in natural dyeing. Using an alum mordant to make the dye stick, or changing the pH of the dye bath through the addition of vinegar, for example, can yield an impressive variety of colors for dyeing fiber. I have seen some women make brilliant shades of pink and orange using lobster mushrooms. So the next time you're outside, you could look for the red-orange, twisted, and duff-capped fungus that is the lobster mushroom. I typically find them in predominantly hemlock forests. As always, triple-check your mushroom identification, not only with several good reference books, but also with people who know their mushrooms if you're considering eating any wild mushroom. There are some very poisonous mushrooms out there. In the mushroom world, with beauty and charm comes delight or death. It's up to you to figure out which one. You can download this episode and find a link to our blog with the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to this show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. 
Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.